Welcome back to the Eclectic Collection. My lovely Eclectors, I thought today would be episode 63, Halloween Safety. Wouldn't be a Halloween season without my dad in my ear telling me stuff about Halloween. So I'm now going to pass that lovely Rocco knowledge on to you. Yes, he had a very cool name. Okay, so try growing up in a house with two guys named Rocky during the Rocky era. I'm just saying, I'm just putting that out there. So... There's a lot that you can do in basic safety that you should do as a matter of practice. And certainly if you're a little kid, you have little kids going out and you're going to take them, it's one thing, but there's still stuff that you should have with you. And if you have teens or tweens, then they're going to want to go out alone or in groups, um, not with you know necessarily supervision and you're going to want to have them in, in big packs. So it's one thing if you're in a neighborhood and if you're not, you just might want to think about these things. So here's some tips and tricks that you can do to keep your people safe, keep yourself safe. And it doesn't matter how old you are, if you're going to go out or take little kids out or you are the little kid, think about it like this. Flashlights are a must. You should have a decent functional flashlight that you can easily get to. Just because lighted pads aren't always a thing. Sometimes you're on a sidewalk. Sometimes they don't have a sidewalk or it's a little janky sidewalk and you got to be careful where you're walking or it could be tree roots or anything in your space. So at least to light your path or paths up to doors. So flashlights to me are a must. Reflective tape is not a bad idea. Some costumes have it where they have like black light uh, material, glow material, but you, you know, re- reflective tape on any kind of uh, shoes or just at some point across your body, just because it's dark and you're going to be walking across uh, dark streets, possibly dimly lit, and you don't want to get hit by a car. If nothing else, reflective tape is never a bad thing. Ask the bikers of the world. They will agree with you. Water. You want to take water with you just so you don't dehydrate. I would at least have a bottle or two with you. No big deal. You're carrying around sacks of candy. What's the difference with another thing of water? Whether you have a backpack or you just put it in your sack of candy, it's just a bottle of water. And obviously you could dispose of it along the way when you pass anybody's trash can. Um, You know, I would take at least one or two with me depending on how long you're going to be out. Um, Definitely want to think about glow sticks or glow wands. I know my brother is a firefighter and he used to bring me these home. Now they're totally commonplace. But at the time, it was a big deal to get an old school crack in half thick glow stick. And we always used them for special occasions. And that special occasion was always Halloween. So a big glow stick. And they usually have a plastic piece with a hole in the top. And you can put a string around it, put it around your neck, put it on a belt loop, whatever you want to do. So just make sure that you, um, that's kind of like a cool way to spice it up and have a color involved and yet be glowy and sort of it could add to your costume as well as be another safety light point. But it also gives you points of light and it lets people see you. So it's a double whammy. I would have a whistle. Whistle is not a bad idea so that you can attract uh, help if you need it or if you fall or God forbid there's somebody chasing you. You know, it's good to have a whistle. Again, you can throw all this stuff on a quick key ring and attach it to a belt loop, a sack, whatever you need to do. Uh, cell phone. I think these days almost everybody has them glued to their hand, but you definitely want to have a cell phone. Make sure if it's a kid that doesn't have a cell phone, you either give them one for the night or they have one of those burner phones that can at least, uh, come up with 911 calls and it can triangulate their point. Or some people have, um, if their kid's too young to have a cell phone, there's like a little tracker bracelet that they can use. I believe Google has it. There's some other companies out there. Much like the old school, I've fallen and I can't get up for older folks, same concept, but for younger kids, you can put like a a watch on or a little wristband and it's an emergency button, much like, um, not to say Siri or Alexa, but much like uh, the crash systems in cars, 
you can press like an OnStar. It's not them, but it's some other company. And it'll get the, like a satellite link right through the watch to the uh, the mom or the dad or the authorities if they need to. So it just have something. Obviously, the cell phone's a quick out, but make sure it's charged and that you have it or you have a cell phone charger uh, with you or more importantly, like a, a, a fuel rod or a charger pack so that you have it ready to go in the event that it does die, but that we have instant communication. I would say masks, be careful with that because you can be scary to other people. Like we're worried about ourselves, but you also want to worry about other people, especially now with masks running rampant for different reasons. If you have a little kid in a full mask, I don't think a two foot, three foot person is going to be too scary. Although I'm terrified about children in, in horror movies. I won't talk about Pet Cemetery and Gage, but you really want to think about the mask being a potential problem to other people because they might perceive it as a threat, especially if it's older kids, um, you know, high school kids, or just that your face is totally covered, they don't know what's going on under there. So either do a partial mask or be able to like pull it up real fast. Maybe do like the trick or treat with your mask up and then pull it down to show the person so that they know that you have good intentions. Just being able to see somebody's eyes isn't always uh, the best intention. You don't know what kind of face they're making under there or what kind of person is under there. You never know. So be aware of that yourself, cognizant of the trick or treater having the mask on. Um, I would say staying in groups is a, a must. It's it's just pairs are great. It's fun to go with a friend. You definitely want to go trick or treating with people, but I'd say people, not persons. So nothing wrong with two people. Okay, maybe if you're 18 and they're two large men, uh, you know, big guys on the football team, sure. But I would say it's more fun to go out in packs, even if you're five or six pairs of different people that match costumes. That's fine, but please make sure that you have. Safety in numbers, always a thing. I don't care where you are. So definitely go out with more people, the more the merrier, first of all. And it also the safer because you have more people that can help in any situation, whether that's a bad situation or just a uh, something, somebody trips or scrapes a knee or falls behind or whatever the case may be. Uh, layer your clothing and hand warmers. Those little hand warmers aren't a bad idea, especially if you don't have gloves on or you don't have gloves with the costume. So many people want to go out and be authentic to the costume. They don't want to put a coat on. So Under Armour is great. When I was a kid, they really didn't have much more than long underwear. <laughs> now it's come a long way. So um, layer, layer, layer. I highly recommend Under Armour and then put whatever your costume is on. If it requires a coat, great, then you're safe. But I feel like it's getting colder lately. I don't know. Ask the polar bears because they're poor little... Uh, Ice cubes are getting smaller, but definitely uh, layer hand warmer is not a bad idea so that you're not freezing. You don't have frostbite and have purple fingers when you return. Um, I would say that the other biggie is just having like a pre-designated time or place or a checkpoint. If you're going to say, okay, eight o'clock, I'll call you no matter what, or seven o'clock, we're all going to meet at such and such. Again, don't go out alone, but if you're together and like group A wants to go up street A and group B wants to go down street B and you all meet in the middle at the stop sign, that's fine. Just make sure everybody's checking in. If not, text, call, and don't hesitate to go looking for the other people. You know, it could be a lure, so just, you know, call, text, see what's going on, be like, yo, you're late. Five minutes is one thing, but if it's like 20 minutes, a half an hour, you need to start getting concerned and finding out why they didn't check in at their checkpoint time. Um Definitely don't go to shady, questionable houses or places. This place is very dark. If a place isn't lit up or they just don't want to be bothered, it's possible too. There's a lot of people that just don't do Halloween. They're not interested in it. You might have older folks that you know can't hear or don't want to be bothered. Um, you know, I, I love it. I don't get many people, but I entertain it and turn my lights on every year, buy way more candy. Two little kids that are like three show up with their parents and that's it. It's over. When I was a kid, I can't say there were many more people that came to my house 
But I'm uh, I live on a small part of each street cul de sac, so there's really not that many people to show up. Um, but if you are in a big neighborhood and you you know you have a lot of people, usually a good indication of not being interested, not participating, was to turn off your lights, close your doors, and that's that. So if a place is totally dark, it could be they're just not participating. Don't go to that house. Don't knock up. Don't be a nuisance. On the flip side, if they kind of sort of look like they might be doing a decoration thing. Most people will still have some light, even if they're going for a thematic spooky deal. You might see some um, things on the ground, some lights, a floodlight, maybe some candles, whatever. And even if they're trying to be funny and scare you all in good fun, just give a look. If it feels uncomfortable, you know, listen to your gut. People don't. If you feel icky about anything, and I tell people this with anything, if you feel icky about a person, you feel icky about money, you feel icky about a conversation, you feel icky about something somebody said, Walk away, get out of the situation, don't do whatever it is you were going to do or be tempted by the thing. I don't care if it's signing the contract on a timeshare or going into a Halloween house. If you feel oogie, you got the oogs for a reason, so don't do it. Um, don't go down a dark street. Don't go near, maybe there's a dog tied up in the yard and the Doberman scares you. I'm a doggy person, but I don't know how much I'd run up to, uh, you know, a frothing at the mouth Cujo, you know, even if he was part of the Halloween costume. So just... Pay attention to your surroundings and don't go to questionable shady spots. Familiarize yourself with your area in line with that. So if you know you're going to go to a place that's not familiar to you and you're going to go out with friends or kids are going to go out with friends, you know, go take a drive in the daytime a week or so before so they get to see what it's like in the layout in the daytime. And even if the friend is there, God forbid they get separated or something happens, that way you know your area, where you're going to go, why you're going to go there. Oh, make a turn here. Don't go down there. You know, whatever you might find out. Because daytime, things look a whole lot different in day than it does at night. And uh, movement in costumes is a biggie. So this is funny, but if you have like an inflatable situation, very often you can't move. You're restricted. I've seen those big sumo wrestler, uh, you know, rings where we've put up stuff for uh, different events and people are literally like waddling because they're in an inflatable. If you're in an inflatable, you're not going to be able to get away very fast if something or someone is chasing you and uh, you're, you're going to waddle. You might fall over. You might not be able to get up by yourself. And you're, you're a little bit of a target. So again, definitely make sure you're in a group. Make sure you at least paired off with somebody. I would have more people with me in that situation. And just be aware that you're going to be slower to hit up wherever you're going to go. So just be aware of that because that's definitely a, uh, an, a, a, a deterrent from your speed and your uh, ground coverage that night. And I would say probably the number one thing above all is check the candy. So this was, you know, I'm a child of the 80s. So my dad always said, never eat anything while you're out. I don't care what it is. And I, honestly, I never questioned him. It didn't bother me. It made sense to me. But again, having grown up in the 80s, there were a lot of these scares. Now it's probably so much worse. But I can remember some idiot putting like pins in bazooka bubble gum and it made the paper. Some freak put uh, razor blades in apples. First of all, who wants an apple? Nobody. They, they want candy. Okay, I'm sorry. Please don't give out pencils and apples. But if you are that person, please don't put razor blades in them. It will kill you. Um, you know, so people were doing that. There was some idiot injecting poison into candies inside things. So even though you want, obviously, individually wrapped stuff, you still need to check it. You know, sometimes things just rip. If it's open or it opened naturally, I'm a teacher. I buy candy all the time in bulk. There's always one or two lollipops that, you know, didn't make it. Or there's twin candies that were too big for the package and they busted out of it. I just throw them right away. Okay, I get it. You want the most for your money these days and everything's crazy expensive. But you know what? It's not worth your safety. It's not worth your health. So if something's opened or fell or whatever, throw it away. You don't want to get sick. 
Um, more importantly, poison. Now, I, that's extreme, and I would hope nobody would do that because harming kids is just a whole level of evil. But there are freaks out there that want to, hey, want some candy, little boy, and you don't want to be in that situation. So don't put yourself in that situation. If somebody says, hey, does this smell like chloroform? Run away. You should probably not sniff that, okay? But uh, definitely check your candy at home. Have your parents go through it. Have a trusted adult go through it. It's not something that you want to ever uh, play with. It was funny because in my street, it was always a small street and there was a little old lady that lived next door um, and she would make a perf- uh, like a personalized bag for each of us with our names on it. And we were only allowed to have her stuff because we knew where it came from. And she was obviously like making actual things and it was like a little baggie and had her names and treats and tied it all up and whatnot. So that was the only thing that we were allowed to, to eat out. But everything else had to come home and we were just dumping on the kitchen table and Papa would go through it with a flashlight pretty thoroughly. If something looked weird, you know, uh, he would throw it out. Or if something opened, he would throw it out. And he would really check it. Um, I can't say I ever went after the fruit. Maybe my parents did. Or maybe fed a deer with the apple just in case you never knew. Or they would cut it. Obviously, don't just bite into an apple. Certainly wash it anyway. You would do that with normal produce. But um, generally, candy should be individually wrapped. Popcorn balls were a big thing back in the day that were disgusting. I hated them. But people used to give them a lot. I used to throw them right in the trash. And, of course, Dad's fee for checking the candy was always to grab whatever pieces he liked and he wanted first. Typically, uh, peanut chews were his jam. So I would never really get the peanut chews. But he would go looking through stuff. And if it was caramel, forget it. He was stealing it. But that's just something that uh, you really want to be aware of. Do not eat your candy until somebody checked it because you never know. And as much as I want to say people are good natured and mom would argue that, my dad would tell you that people are freaks and you have to always think about the negative, unfortunately, because people can do bad things whether they want to or they didn't mean to, but... It's just the way it is. So safety, safety, safety um, for health and, of course, just for your safety's sake. You don't want to put yourself in a bad situation. So make sure that you check, check, check. And these are just some great Halloween safety tips. I hope you have a great Halloween season, a great Halloween itself, and these are helpful to you. If you liked what you heard today, then check us out at eclecticcollectionpodcast.com or listen to us on your preferred platform. I'm Terry Tanaglia. Thanks for listening.